showing me how coaching worked because I didn't really know. I I never played club. I didn't really understand the recruiting process. Welcome to the Competitive Mindset Podcast. Each interview, we talk to leaders who differentiate themselves and achieve high levels of performance through the lens of motivation, competitiveness, and mindset. These conversations lead to thought-provoking idea sharing and growth accompanied by entertaining storytelling. Welcome along on our journey to lifelong learning, improved performance, and a look inside the competitive mindset. Hey, if you haven't checked out our sister podcast, Hoop Nerds, Check it out and learn from coaches, players, and others in the basketball industry about their experiences and how they've achieved success throughout their careers. Search Hoop Nerds in your podcast platform today. Coach Berkeley, welcome to the Competitive Mindset. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Well, let's dive into your journey here and tell us about your life journey and how it's led you to where you are right now. Yeah, well, that could take a little bit. (laughs) Um, I started off growing up in a household of five siblings, um, two are much older than I am. Um, so we kind of had a different relationship, but my mom and dad really thought it was important for us to play, uh, sports. And so when I was five, I started playing soccer. And then as I kept getting older, I kept getting more sports added. Um, and a lot of it was my mom coaching. So I think probably in kindergarten, I was playing soccer and t-ball and then slowly moved on to basketball both parents, especially my mom, felt it was important for us to participate in just about anything. And so as I was getting older, we kept playing more sports, ended up playing softball. So added softball to that. I didn't really start playing volleyball till maybe around sixth grade in middle school. And then my mom wanted me to try tennis. I was trying golf, um, trying just about every sport imaginable, which I think was really important for my development as an athlete. Because I think it was important just to be well-rounded. So I get to high school and I decided to play volleyball, basketball, and soccer. And, you know, going through my high school career, I really did want to play at the next level, but I didn't really play at probably a high enough level to get recruited anywhere or a club sport. So I didn't play club volleyball. I didn't play like a club basketball team. I did play club soccer. And so I kind of thought maybe soccer would be the sport that I would play in college. And so I I kind of delved into that. I really never thought volleyball would be the sport. Um, So soccer is kind of where I was like, I kind of maybe took a little bit more of a recruiting step with, but Nobody was really interested, (laughs) Um, never really got anywhere, never got recruited by anybody. And so I decided to go to the University of Wisconsin and become a student there and try out for the soccer team. And so in the fall of my freshman year, I tried out for the soccer team before it started and it did not go well. (laughs) I, I mean, I think I played well, but the conditioning part was not, not where I needed to be. And, um, I didn't make the team. So I, you know, spend that fall of my freshman year, just being a regular student, enjoying the experience at Wisconsin. And then they, um, they talked about, or I think the, um, the Badger Herald, which was a student newspaper, um, had, uh, published open tryouts for the volleyball team. I was like, well, I guess I'll try that. I'll try out for the volleyball team. And at the time I had actually been playing on the club volleyball team, which only practiced like two days a week. And, um, was just a fun thing to do on the side. And I had, when I tried out for that team, I'd actually made the B team. There were three teams, A team, B team, and C team. And I made the B team. 
So I don't know why, but I still tried out for the uh, varsity team. Went to the tryouts. There were six of us there. I thought tryouts went pretty well. They were looking for a DS, which was what I would have been at that level. And um, they asked me back to come back in the spring for a week just to try out. And that went really well. And they asked me back for the fall season and um, the rest is history. So I've played at Wisconsin for four years, earned a scholarship for one year and um, had a great career at Wisconsin. It was an awesome experience for me. Just really enjoyed um, playing at that high of a level and also getting to play. And I think my dad likes to tell this story is when I told him that I made the team at Wisconsin, he was like, you know, he'd tell people, he's like, yeah, I can't believe it. She made the team. I don't think she's ever going to see the floor there. <laughs> and then I ended up playing um, most of my career. I think my freshman year I played here and there, but then my sophomore through junior year, I played in the regular rotation and ended up getting a scholarship for a year. And so it was quite a cool experience, um, you know, playing volleyball at that level. And that's what propelled me into coaching. My sister is the head coach at UW-Milwaukee and I would work her camps and she thought um, I should really get into coaching because she thought I did a good job at the camps. And so I was like, okay, I'll try it out. So I went to Whitewater to be a GA and I really enjoyed it and was like, I think I need to pursue this as a career. And then from Whitewater went to um, University of Southern Mississippi where Abby Sutherland was kind enough to give me a job. I get my start in the division one coaching world. And she was a great mentor for me and um, just showing me how coaching worked. Cause I didn't really know. I'd, I'd never played club. I didn't really understand the recruiting process like I should have. And so it was really a cool experience to, to learn from her and understand how to, to be a coach at the collegiate level. And so I worked for her for three years um, and then became the interim when she left to take the job at Stevens Point and um, was interim for a year, which was a very challenging year. And then went from interim to head coach um, permanent at, at the end of the season for four years. And then from there came to Loyola, where we've had some some success, which has been really cool. Right. The part of that story that is just wild is you went to a Division One school and you tried out for two different teams. <laughs> And, and obviously you didn't make one, but you made the other and then had success on the court. Fear is the thing that comes to my mind when we try something new or something that's out of the ordinary for ourselves. And maybe it wasn't fear for you, but I'm curious, what sort of emotions or factors did you have to come over to push yourself to pursue that tryout of first soccer and then volleyball? Yeah, well, I just, I think I, I was like, I, I was def definitely nervous about the soccer trout because of the conditioning tests that they have. And I thought I prepared for them, but then once you get there and you see what they are really like, um, that's a whole different story. And I think I've always just thought too, like, okay, if someone else can, can do this as an athlete, I can be able to do it. Like I can figure out how to do it. And so that's kind of where my thought process was. Now with volleyball, I don't know. I think I just was like, you know what? I really miss having an everyday sport, go to, you go to school and then you go to a sport after I did that all throughout high school. And so I just really missed it. And I was like, well, I mean, there's nothing to lose. They can just tell me no. And so going to that tryout, I just was like, well, I'm going to see what happens. There's actually a funny story. One of my um, teammates, she lived the, across the hall for me in the dorms. 
And before the tryout, I told her that I was going to try out for the volleyball team. She's like, oh, okay, whatever. Like totally not thinking that I'm going to make it. And, um, and then when I come back and I tell her, I'm like, oh, I made it. She's like, what? <laughs> like, that just doesn't happen. Um, but I just felt like I, if someone else can do it, I can do it. If another female athlete can do it, I can do it. So that's, I guess that gave me the confidence to, to make the jump and try out. Yeah, that that's such a unique story. And so since we're kind of talking about you had no fear, you had nothing to lose, right? So when you're competing now as a coach and you go into a match, are you driven by the fear of losing that match or the joy of winning that match? Oh, that's a good question. I'm almost more of the fear of losing. Um, as a coach, it's been way different as a player. Like I would get nervous as a player, but as a coach, I... I there I'm I don't have as much control as I did as a player like I like I can call timeouts I can tell my team what I think they should do but I don't really have the control of what's happening and so it's definitely very stressful um but every yeah every match I think I'm like I I want to win but I also like I I losing is probably the worst and this year especially it's like I've had a hard time enjoying the win because I I want us to continue to get better. I want us to play even better or have a better performance than we did that last match. If that makes sense. It it does make sense. And I'm curious, and, and I'll put words in your mouth here a little bit, and then you decipher them how you like, but because winning is expected now, there's more pressure on that and there's more fear of the loss side of things. Would you agree or would you... Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. I think uh, society thinks that it's easy to win <laughs> and expects you to win. And it's really not like I even think like, you know, I'm, I'm a Packer fan and you watch the Packer game this past weekend. And it's like it's so hard to win all of the all of the NFL games this weekend. It's so hard to win. And most fans don't understand how hard it is to actually win and how difficult it is. Yeah, no doubt. All right. I, we need to backtrack a little bit and go back in time because you had such an eclectic youth with all the sports you played. So I'm curious about the first time you really remember competing in something where there was stakes at hand with it. And what you remember from that? Uh, I would say probably basketball. Um, I, I was the point guard on my team. My mom was the coach. And I just remember in those youth basketball games, like... I putting a lot on my shoulders because I, I knew how to play. I was super competitive. I was a little nuts how competitive I was compared to the rest of my teammates because it was just like a youth optimist game. And I just remember my mom would, you know, like she'd play, have playing time evenly until the fourth quarter. And then she'd put me back in and I was like, all right, it's go time. Like that fourth quarter is when I was like, all right, we're winning this game. And I would just like, try to take over, which probably wasn't good at the time, but I, I really tried to take over. I'm super competitive. So maybe that I would be like the first time that I really remember like competing and wanting to win and, and be the best. So was that something that was shared by your teammates or were you unique in that on that team? I was definitely unique. <laughs> I, I would say, cause my, like the way my mom coached us or how, how the team kind of took shape is, she didn't go recruiting, trying to find the best players. She kind of took who wanted to play. And so I was probably the, 
the crazy one and the one that was like, okay, I'm going to beat you and everything. Like in practice, I would try to be the best I could be and beat everybody. I wanted to just wanted to beat everybody. (laughs) Where do you think that attitude came from for you? I, I think it came from my parents, probably specifically my mom. Um, my mom was a very, um, is a, is a great athlete and she is still playing. She's 75 and they live, um, part-time in Florida and they have a, um, she plays pickleball. She plays tennis. She also plays softball. So they have a softball field and she's the only woman playing. Um, and so she's, I just think it's got to come from her because she's, you know, comes from an era where she didn't have the opportunities that we had. And she wanted to make sure we had these opportunities to play sports. And so I think it comes from my mom, but my dad is also very competitive as well, but my mom more specifically. All right. Well, let's circle back to, to some of the higher level competition that you're facing, you know, as a coach, maybe as a collegiate athlete, but what's a signature moment that kind of sticks with you where a high level of performance or preparation met that competition and you had success or triumph it's like we didn't win this match but it was an incredible match i I might we might need to cut this part out but um there was a match that we had against penn state um there's one year where we did beat them in three and i feel like that was a very big point for us but the other match that I remember probably more than any match is when we played Penn State at home. We were both undefeated in conference and it was a breast cancer awareness um, match and um, 10,000 fans came. And this is probably during a time when we shouldn't have been able to have 10,000 fans that the the field house um, upper deck, I don't think was actually um, coded right for the fire code. Um, but we, we ended up losing that match. It was 15-13, but we there was a very controversial call at the end. But I felt like we competed so well, and I, like we put ourselves in position to win. And it was um, against a team that ended up winning the national championship that year. And it just felt like we're, we work so hard, and we're right there. We're in a position to win. And I, there were a lot of things that happened in that match, too, that, like, I don't know, I felt like we – hit kind of like a pinnacle of where we're at. And I, that was actually a match I really remember too, because I, I had two kills and I was a macro player and shouldn't have kills. Um, so I think that would be one. And then probably the match that we beat Penn state in three, and it was just a solid performance through everyone that played. So I would say those two um, matches against Penn state would be it when you lead up to a match like that where you know that the the potential national championship team is on the other side of the court right what sort of things are different in preparation for that and i know the coach speak would say we approach everything the same way but but we know the reality is we see that number one ranking whatever it is it's different so so what what changes in that approach i think just like you're maybe a little bit more nervous, but you're also really excited. Um, in terms of preparation, like I just remember being so excited about how many people were going to be there and wanting to to play in front of all those people and perform to the best of my ability. Like that was the loudest I'd ever heard the field house was that match. And I, I remember um, the the serve and pass before the warm up. And I felt like I was just more dialed in than normal. 
I was also that that particular match, they started letting people in, which they normally don't do it until the warm up starts, which is an hour before the match. And so I just remember being really excited that these people can come watch us do our serve and pass. And I wanted to show them how good I was at it. <laughs> um, and so just like you just are a little bit more dialed in, more excited, maybe a little more nervous, but just really excited to to perform. So do you think that nervousness has anything to do with focus? Like, are those things correlated at all? Sometimes. I think sometimes nervousness can also affect the focus uh, in a negative way. Um, you know, I we've kind of talked a lot about with our team, just you're going to feel nerves. You're going to um, have an emotion and a feeling about whether when you're playing and understanding that you can still perform regardless of how you're feeling. That's one thing that's taken a while for our team to kind of figure out work through. We've kind of worked with a, a performance coach on that and just learning that, that you can do, even if you are nervous, you can still perform at a high, high level. Even if you are scared or happy, sad, confident, not confident, your performance doesn't necessarily need to change. All right, cool. So you just mentioned the performance coach. So we have these tools and these people in our life that we learn from. I'm curious if you can tell me about a mentor that you have or had in your life and a lesson that you learned from them that you use on a regular basis, whether it's with your personal life or with your team. Yeah, I, I would say that a mentor that I have in my life is my sister, Susie. She's the head coach at UW Milwaukee. Um, she is, I think it's 12 years older than I am. Um, or maybe, no, it's 15 years older than me. Um, and she is someone that has, you know, she's has a lot more experience than I do. And was someone that I talked to just about every day about coaching, about how to respond to different situations with players, how to coach a specific, you know, skill, um, and just how to, to manage a program because it's tough being the manager of a, of a program. Um, and so I think my sister Susie has definitely been a big mentor for me because she's been through it. She's got experience and she's got a lot of different ideas on how to respond to different situations. Awesome. So it's spring season for you now. So tell me about a project that you have coming up or something that you're working on and your motivations with that project. <laughs> well, we had our first practice today, first individual practice. And so one of the things that i want to work on with my team I don't know necessarily that it's a project but it's a project on the court is getting better at defense and being able to be a little bit more disciplined with how we move um, and being more efficient with how we move defensively and so we had our first day um, it was a good first day we have a ways to go but it's something that we really want to make sure we hammer down and try to get better and improve our defensive numbers for the spring okay as a basketball coach I'm taking a 20 second time out here you were a defensive specialist as a player. Yes. So mm -hmm. as a team, do you have like a niche for your team or something that you're known for? Are you a defensive team? You know, are you an attacking team from a certain manner? Um, you know, as a coach, like what are you known for as a program as coach? Um, I actually don't know that we're necessarily known for defense. Um, my teams, uh, there's been some teams that are scrappier than others. Um, I think one thing that maybe we're known for is we're playing more loose. Like we're, we're not playing as tight. Like which I try to make sure that they're having fun and that it's not always like a job that they're coming to practice and it's a job. And so I like to, 
you know, kind of have fun with my team. And, you know, I think most of my teams in the past, we've, people have said how, how it's fun to watch our team because they're loose. Okay. So I'm going to keep diving in here because you have me really intrigued. What's give us an example of one thing you do to keep them loose on a daily basis. Joke around with them. Sometimes when I can tell that they're playing tight, um, I might try to come up with a joke, <laughs> which is always terrible, but sometimes they get a, a laugh out of it. Or I just try to keep like, try to just keep it loose and talk to them and keep it, it just not as stressful, um, which sometimes happens, sometimes doesn't. Um, but just try to have fun with them. And there's times at practice too, where we'll maybe do different drills just to keep it fun, like a drill that maybe you do at camp um, and you wouldn't necessarily do during the season. We'll do some of those camp drills just to try to keep it fun because they're, they're ultimately there because they want to have fun and they love to play volleyball. They still want to win and we're going to compete, but I want to try to find a way to make it so that they're having a really good experience. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So keeping it loose. And speaking of that, we always finish with a fun hypothetical. So I need you to use your imagination of it and visualize your refrigerator. And if you open that refrigerator and you had to pick one item out of that refrigerator that best represents who you are as a person and why, what item would that be and why would it represent you? Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> something out of a refrigerator that best represents me. I'm just thinking my refrigerator right now. Or at some other point in your life, maybe as a college student and all you had in there was peanut butter and bread. Who knows? Yeah, I, well, I probably had an apple. <laughs> <laughs> I, I usually am eating an apple almost every day. <laughs> um, I don't know how it would pertain to my personality or why I'm the way I am. Because um, it's not like I'm a super healthy person. <laughs> um, I probably would go to the freezer and get the ice cream. That's what I would be. I would be the ice cream person. I would get like, I, I really like Ben and Jerry's half-baked ice cream. That's probably what it would be. Um, half-baked because it's got the best of both worlds. It's fun. It's tasty. It's enjoyable um, and satisfies uh, your, any craving. Oh, perfect. For a first time for Ben and Jerry's with the, the nod here on the competitive mindset. Coach Berkeley, <laughs> thank you for the time. Best of luck this spring season. And thanks for sharing. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me.